Hey, Thriver. Welcome to the Career Thrivers podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is your arena where authenticity meets ambition. Your career path is championed. Your leadership journey is supported. And I'm going to encourage you to speak up even when your voice shakes. I'm your host, Brittany N. Cole, here to guide you through owning your power, your narrative, your impact, and increasing your income. Throughout the show on each episode, you'll hear from some incredible leaders who are going to inspire, challenge, and transform your thinking. We'll discuss what authentic leadership really means, diving into conversations that defy conventions and celebrate your true self. Whether you're making strides in the corporate boardroom or breaking ground on your own ventures, this is your platform for growth, reflection, and breakthrough. I'm so glad you're here. Let's thrive together. There's a popular saying, don't quit your day job. Yet so many visionaries find yourself at this tension between staying in your organization and working your nine to five or paying attention to that feeling in your gut that's telling you it's time to build, innovate, and perhaps start something new. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Felicia Phillips, a dynamic business mogul who has mastered what to do with that feeling. And bringing us the art and science of how do you start, grow, and really scale a business. But also, if you're a corporate leader that's listening, how can you really leverage that P&L to be a partner in the success of growing business owners? With an impressive portfolio spanning over 30 years of entrepreneurship, Dr. Phillips stands as a beacon for aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to make their mark. As the founder of MogulCon and the Pinkpreneur Network. She's committed to empowering women, particularly women of color, to transform their dreams into reality. Today on the Career Thrivers Talk Show, she'll share her unique insights on building a business, perhaps while working your nine to five, and how to strike that elusive, we won't call it balance, but synergy between your nine to five and your next big business venture. Let's dive in. So Dr. Phillips, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. And we're going to dive right into what I believe is a startling statistic that we don't talk about enough in the context of what it means for women in corporate environments. So there's a stat that I know you're very familiar with that black women are the leading demographic starting new businesses, not just this year, not just last year, but for the last seven years. Yes. And if you think about where these women are coming from and compare it to some of the attrition data Mm -hmm. within corporations, many times for organizations, the leading demographic that are leaving, that are the hardest to retain in corporate America are women and they're black women. We're starting businesses. We're leaving corporations and starting businesses. What are you seeing on your journey in helping thousands of women grow and scale profitable businesses? Yes. So here's the first thing that we have to understand is that we go into business out of necessity and not opportunity. So we're not being treated fairly on the job or we're not being recognized, appreciated, all of those things. Or we just simply, maybe we're not making the money Mm-hmm. that we know we are worth. And so entrepreneurship becomes an option. Not really truly understanding that entrepreneurship is a tool for wealth. And so what you see is I got a skill set. Mm-hmm. Maybe I bake really well. And so I decide because all my friends call me and when they call me, they're calling me to bake cakes. They say I make the most amazing cakes. And so I say, this is my business, mm-hmm. Right. So I jump right into it because I'm trying to make ends meet or I'm just dissatisfied. Well, what happens is you will make money, but you will also plateau because you never had a strategy. 
you never put a real business plan in place and let's just keep it 1000. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to run a business. Mm-hmm. And so the statistics, what they show is because we're not going into it out for the opportunities, but the necessity of it, we don't thrive the way we should. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I was reading a statistic about the average annual revenue of women owned businesses. So women overall is $124,000 for black women. It's $24,000. So while we're leaving, oftentimes to your point, we're not growing and scaling the business after we started. Yeah. We're not growing and scaling because we don't have the resources or the relationships, Mm -hmm. right? So we don't have individuals who are willing to invest in our ideas. And most times, oftentimes we're that first generation entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So everybody before us worked a nine to five and that's what we're supposed to do. And then we decide, I'm going to go into entrepreneurship, open my business, but we don't really know what we don't know mm-hmm. until we get into it. And honey, then it's too late. Yeah. It's too late, right? So we're leveraging our credit cards. We're borrowing from friends and family to make the ends meet, but we're getting into debt and not mm-hmm. good debt, bad debt. And so that slows down the business. And you take the other 11 components of a business that you know nothing about and you are stuck. Mm -hmm. You feel stagnant, right? Because a great idea, that first buy is a sympathy buy. It's all your friends and family. They buy from you. And then in their mind, once they bought one time, that's it. So who are your customers? What would you say to the woman who is still working at her organization? I believe one of the best places to learn how to grow a business is working at one. She still, though, is thinking, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start. So she's Mm -hmm. building this side hustle. What are some things that she can be thinking about as first steps to grow a business? So, you know, the first step is to create a strategy. You really need a three to five year strategy because that is your compass. Right. It's going to tell you who your target audience is, how much money you need to be investing in this business. Um, Oftentimes we think we can bootstrap, but that is not the way to go. It's very stressful. So you want to put a budget together based on the strategy so that you can bring your ideas to fruition. Because this is new for you, I would definitely say obtain a business coach, hire a business coach who has been there, done that who has ran businesses, not that their first business is a business coach. That's not what I'm talking about. Get an advisor who has done what you are trying to do or has helped companies very successfully ascertain the success that you are looking to get. That's the first thing you got to do. The second thing is you want to look at the transference of skill that you are bringing into the marketplace. It is one thing to have a position within a company and have that name behind you because that's why people are talking to you. That's why they're dealing with you. That does not translate when you are out here in these entrepreneurial streets standing on your own credibility. It is a stark difference. And so you have to be honest with yourself. The next thing you're going to do is get a supportive network. You need to be around people that can pour into you, support you, help you from living or rescue you from living in your own ideas. Because when you live in your own forest, every idea is a great idea, right? And so you need someone, an accountability partner, because it is very different when you have to get up on your own, when you have to make the money, because if you don't kill it, you do not eat. 
You don't. Mm -hmm. I remember that was one of the things that uh, there was an HR leader when I was sharing about leaving Pfizer and she was talking to me about the difference between making money and earning money. She's like, Brittany, even though you're in sales and you have a goal and you have to get after it, you're still earning money because you have an infrastructure that's created all of the processes, Mm -hmm. all of the frameworks, everything that you need in terms of a system to be able to get to that goal. And then when you step into entrepreneurship, none of that is there, right? So you've got to create those. And oftentimes it is trial and error until you figure out what's right for you, unless you invest in yourself financially through a business coach or through a program to accelerate the time and to shorten that gap. What have you seen in terms of those types of investments in addition to business coaching that really you would say makes more sense for people that are starting a business. I have so many thoughts on this that I have to kind of drill down. You have to be careful because you will go and take one class or become part of one cohort and then join another to confirm what you learned in the last one and never pull the trigger. At some point, you just got to do it and fail fast doing it. Because textbook learning is one thing. Watching a webinar is one thing. But until you put it into practice, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. The thing about it is fear is okay. That's your fuel to keep going because you can't just be passionate about what you're doing. And you don't want to bounce from one business coach to another business coach because the last business coach wasn't your cheerleader. It doesn't work. So you have to have some self-awareness about who you are as a business owner, not an employee, because it is a vast difference. You made a very good point. There is no foundation. You have to build it. And so those SOPs and all those things, listen, I can't tell you how many blank stares I've gotten when I say, okay, where is the job description for this? Let me see the organizational chart. Where are your SOPs? And they're like, what? I just want to do this. Self-awareness, start there. Yeah, yeah. Know your aptitude for doing things because it definitely matters because here's the difference too that people don't think about. Mm -hmm. On a nine to five, when you go on vacation, you can be on vacation most times. Sure. Right? Most times. Mm-hmm. For me, I can go on vacation, but I'm never really off mm-hmm. because it's my business. So even when I'm on the beach, I'm still thinking about it mm-hmm. because it's my baby. Yeah. Right? So you have to understand your mental wherewithal to be able to jump into this with both feet and not run away. This season of the Career Thrivers show was recorded inside of AB Hillsborough Village. In the rhythm of Nashville, AB dances to a tune of inclusion and community. Curated by Nashville's own Marcy and Derek, this premier live music and event venue harmonizes local flair with a very welcoming spirit. It's more than a space. It's where Nashville's diverse heartbeat is celebrated, making every event an inclusive masterpiece. Learn more about AB at anzyblue.com. You, you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned awareness. And I think whether you are choosing the career path 
of a corporate professional or whether you are choosing the career path of an entrepreneur, that emotional intelligence is a non-negotiable in either case. You were talking about execution. I was sitting here thinking about a guest. I'm going to speak it into existence that I will have on the show. There you go. Eric Thomas, right? Execute, execute. Like you have to execute, but that it starts with that self-awareness. And so um, for anyone that's listening that might be kind of thinking about, okay, I hear you, I'm tracking, I need to execute, I need to be aware of my strengths, things yes. of that nature. Share us a, a success story because I know that you come across, mm-hmm. help to coach, help to shape thousands of women through the work that you do. Yeah. Talk to us about maybe an example or two that sticks out of women who have t- maybe started while they were at corporate, taken the leap and they're really thriving. One. Got a good one. As a matter of fact, she is celebrating her one year anniversary. So... Maybe two years ago, Mm -hmm. I came into her organization as a consultant uh, doing supplier development, Mm -hmm. working uh, to increase their spend. And I met her and after spending countless hours developing this program, I said, you are not where you're supposed to be. Mm. I said, you have so much to offer. And while I love being here and being on this contract with you, it's something greater. Now, the first thing we had to do was mindset because she had been in that position. She had quite a bit of authority. People looked up to her, sought Mm -hmm. her out, right, for solutions and things. And so she said, I don't know. I said, I'll ask you one question. Are you getting paid where you were? Do you feel satisfied at the end of the day when you lay your head on that pillow? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. How do you feel Mm -hmm. inside? And she had to admit she wasn't happy. And so We walked, we did a strategy meeting. She was open for that. We laid the strategy. We talked about partners because one of the things I tried to teach is don't do this alone. Yes. You need strategic partners. Mm -hmm. One, because if you're looking to scale fast and I like to scale people fast Mm -hmm. because we need to be creating businesses that can create jobs and have economic impact within our community. Mm-hmm. What we're finding, and based on those stats that you saw, is we create a lot of solopreneurs, mm-hmm. we, right? Yep. And they have truly created a job for themselves. Nothing wrong with being a solopreneur, but let's be clear that that's a difference. It's a difference between being a solopreneur and owning a small business. Mm-hmm. And that's something we throw small business around, not truly understanding the definition of it. And so with her, she took the leap. We did a joint venture to start her business. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want you to know. I'm so proud of her. She has acquired over $50 million in purchase orders and contracts and opportunities 12 months later. Wow. That's incredible. Her salary, of course, was nowhere, maybe a quarter of a million Mm -hmm. at the time. Nowhere near that. She employs over 35 people right now. We are planning to triple that in the next year. She is uh, all across the Southeast. And now she can do the things for her family that she could not do before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's still in charge of her destiny. For the first time, she can see that. So that's one. Another one was uh, a young lady in South Georgia. Uh, she owned some, she owned land, mm-hmm. but the land was her husband's, her husband's hobby. Mm-hmm. And so we met because at the time she owned a um, fitness center. Mm-hmm. 
She called one day, husband had taken ill, and she said, I can't do this. This is too much. And I'm sharing this story because it's more of a story of resilience. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to acknowledge that entrepreneurship is the most faith-based journey you will ever take. Listen. Okay. So I think we have to acknowledge that first. Mm -hmm. And so there will be times when you are on top of the world. And then there will be times where you just simply want to give up and walk away. And I always say you can quit at night. But when you rise up in the morning, I need you to do that with a different fervor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. She called me one day and she said, I quit. I'm selling everything. And I asked her, I said, how many women like us do you know who own acres upon acres of land with a vineyard? Mm. I don't care. I don't care. And this is a true story. I jumped in my car right then and I drove about an hour and a half to where she was. And we got on our knees and we prayed because that is the difference. When you talk about I can give you strategy, I can give you tips, I can tell you anything you want to know, but you better believe in something. Yes. You better believe in something. Okay. And even we prayed and cried and did all the stuff and we got up. Because what I understand that is that whatever you are seeking is seeking you. Mm-hmm. You have to know that, that when you make the decision to step out and say that this is what I am going to do, you send that out into the universe. And so whatever you are working towards, whatever you are believing, whatever you are speaking, I say if you speak it and you think it, it can happen, right? It can have what you speak about, you bring about. So what did she bring about? A year later, she is the first GAP certified vineyard in the state of Georgia. A year later, her wine is going to market. A year later, she is hosting corporate events on the property. A year later, we are developing the second half of her land to uh, just expand on the vineyard. Anything is possible if you just believe. That is powerful. And I could not agree more. I think entrepreneurship for me as well, much like marriage is a mirror. Yes. And it truly shows you, you in a way that you can hide from and not see when you're working at an organization. Absolutely. Like it really makes you stand to the challenge yes. and to really interrogate what you actually believe. believe. On that note, I'm curious about your thoughts. You mentioned mindset. Like, what is the mindset that is required to first start a business, Mm -hmm. then grow a business, Mm -hmm. and then actually scale a business? So you definitely have to have a growth mindset versus a a fixed mindset, definitely. You have to strengthen your mind on a daily basis because in the world that we live in, especially with social media, people will have you second guessing yourself. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. No, you're doing it the wrong way. No, you should do it the way everybody else is doing. And I know if my, when my team hears this, they're going to laugh because they always say, well, no, Dr. Phillips, Dr. Felicia, that's not how you do it. And I said, ask me if I care because I know what works for me mm-hmm. because I take the time to study my craft. Mm-hmm. I may not work in an organization or corporation. I still invest in me. I still study. I still go to conferences. I still get certifications Mm -hmm. to make sure I am on top of my game. 
And I pay attention to what people want from me. Mm -hmm. So mindset is very, very important yes. because you cannot be swayed. You have to be open to new ideas. Yes, mm -hmm. I am a constant learner, mm -hmm. but I know what works for my business. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think for women, especially we're conditioned to second guess our thoughts. Absolutely. Like this whole idea of trusting our instincts becomes an process of unlearning because yes. there's so much conditioning to really what I call self-sabotage because yes. that gut feeling, that initial thought that you have, that's actually in the direction of the path that you should be going you find all of the reasons why, or you feel like you need to validate it or wait for confirmation. I have a mentor <laughs> uh, that I always love sharing about. Her Her book is behind me, Marshawn Evans Daniels. Mm -hmm. Her book, actually, the title of it is Believe Bigger. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in a session literally vacillating between, do I stay at this organization where I've built almost 12 years of brand equity, had incredible performance, worked with amazingly brilliant people and have this long roadway ahead of me, or do I take the leap? and build career thrivers. And I'll never forget, she was on a stage much like we're sitting here today and she looked at me and she said, waiting on confirmation is idolization of clarity. Yeah. And she, she was right. It's like, I knew that I was being called to make this decision in this direction. And I was looking for all of these reasons, either why or why not, yeah. <laughs> right? That yes. this was the right decision, knowing that no, Brittany, you actually know that this is the next move for you. What would you say to the woman that's sitting at a desk connected with a nine to five that's feeling that tug to leave so that she really can invest her time mm -hmm. in growing this business? What would you say to her? I always say, follow your good. I always say that. When you, that feeling you get in your stomach, it is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. It is there to guide you. It's your GPS mm -hmm. all day. So first I'm going to tell you, trust your gut. I always say, pray about it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you believe, however you pray, you need to do that. Yes. So that you can get centered and gain clarity. Uh, the next thing I always say is sit down, write the pros and cons of what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do some research. Research is invaluable because you want to see the trends that are happening within your industry. Who are the leaders? Who are your competitors? Mm -hmm. And then I always say, Write a list of who you want to do business with. Every year, I write about 10 to 15 companies that I want to do business with. Mm -hmm. And I write why and what is my value add to those businesses. Because you never know who you're going to meet. So you always have to stay ready. Yes. And leave with enough business to replace your sal salary. Mm -hmm. Don't just walk out. Let's plan this. Yeah. And let's plan it the right way. So- you want to make at least two times your salary. Mm -hmm. You want to 2X your salary so that, and you want to leave with clients and you want to look at your pipeline so you can see who's in there because there is a cycle to close. Contracts come open at certain times. Everything and everybody does different, uh, do, does business a different way. And so you want to be clear about when those contractual opportunities, if that's the type of business that you're in, mm -hmm. if you're in more of an e-commerce type setting, you want to know the flow of money. Yes. Because there is a cycle of money. People spend money in certain ways. So, and I'll give an example. You may have an e-commerce business that you find that your numbers are up during Christmas time, but they're down in first quarter. And so that's your planning period. They're back up when kids get out of school, right? So you just got to know the flow of money or that during tax time, 
people tend to spend money with you. Those are very important things because now you know how to roll out your marketing campaigns and I'm getting real strategic on this because that's who I am. Yeah. But that's what makes the difference. It does. It does. And that's those are what things, makes the difference. Yeah, that sometimes when you're side hustling that you're not thinking about. But I think that's the beauty of starting your business while working at one because Absolutely. you can leverage mm-hmm. your organization to gain that business acumen. Your organization does not haphazardly create posts in Canva and post them on social media. Your organization has a sales cycle that actually they have a marketing strategy that informs the sales cycle. And then they build campaigns around both of those to get to the sales goal. So it's very strategic. It's extremely intentional. I'll never forget when I was a marketer at Pfizer doing digital marketing. It's probably one of the most pivotal roles that I've ever had learned the most hands down favorite role that I've ever been in. If I ever wanted to go back to corporate, Mm -hmm. I'd go back as a marketer (laughs) for sure, hands down. But um, I never forget, I was in a role, I had about a $25 million budget that I was responsible for, I had a team of about 20 cross-functional partners. And I was, in front of me was this decision to make to move some assets over for like Facebook advertising, several million dollar decision. And I will never forget the moment that I went into my leader's office and asked him, I'm coming from sales, right? So everything is like, you know when, where, and how, because you're in execution mode. How do I know whether or not to move this money over, if this is a good decision Mm -hmm. so that I can confidently say, okay, this is the direction that we're going in. I never get him looking at me and saying, Brittany, you don't until you do it. That's right. Like the entire field of marketing is testing and learning. I think as entrepreneurs, especially as women, we can sometimes be so risk averse that we don't recognize that like you have to actually put the thing out there and start doing it to be informed that, okay, yeah, this is right. But that strategy is key. It's key. And it's how you learn. You just have to do it. Yeah. And not be afraid. Things are going to happen. You're going to fail at certain things. But guess what? You'll know what not to do. Yes. You'll know. It's it's the best MBA you could ever get. Oh, yeah. You'll know what not to do. Okay. (laughs) And you do have to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. This is your business. So take the time. When you talk about sales, immediately I start thinking about funnels and autoresponders and all Mm -hmm. these things that people are like, what is that? What does that have to do? But guess what? It still speaks to your brand. Mm-hmm. It still speaks to your brand. Everything, when you step out of your office, how you greet people, when mm-hmm. you walk in the room, what do people say about you? Yeah. Because that transcends. If you're thinking about going into entrepreneurship, you're building a brand. Mm-hmm. I don't want to meet you here and look at you online and I have one perception of you. And then when I sit down with you, it's something totally, totally different. different. It's the consistency in all of it, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what we have to remember. No matter if you're on the job or you're the CEO of your company, you have a brand that you represent Mm -hmm. everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been so consistent when it comes to empowering women, especially women of color through Pinkpreneur and yes. MogulCon. Talk to us about those two incredible platforms. And I know MogulCon is coming up. It's coming up. So yes. talk to us and it's going to be in Nashville. Be so in tell Nashville. us more. Yeah. So in 2015, um, through my work in supplier diversity and developing suppliers, I kept seeing gaps where we weren't showing up. Mm-hmm. Our businesses weren't showing up. And the opportunities were there. But I go back to what I said initially. We didn't have the resources or the relationships to say, hey, there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And Delta Airlines actually was the first 
catalyst in all of it because I went to Delta and I said, this is what I want to do. And they were a part of it. And we have been going strong. This is our eighth year. And when I look at how we have evolved, uh, we currently have a strategic alliance memorandum with the SBA to provide resources for black women-owned businesses, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. This year is probably our most pivotal year. This is year eight, a number of new beginnings. Yes. And we are in Nashville. And this year we will be doing matchmaking for our businesses. And if you Powerful. anybody knows about matchmaking, this is a big deal. This is where you get to sit in front of corporations and federal agencies, state agencies, I mean, you name it. And you learn about opportunities. You learn how to bid. You learn how to negotiate those contracts and all the things in between. And this is the first year that we're doing a dynamic trade show yeah. at Opryland, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so for four days we're there, celebrating the women in our community and the amazing things that our partners are doing to support them. I have some really big announcements around funding that we're going to be talking about and just how we're going to continue to make an economic impact. You know, in five years, we've served 4,000 women and we've done over a hundred million dollars in contracts Incredible. and opportunities. We're not going to stop. We're going to build on that mm -hmm. and we're going to continue to be a force within our community. Coming to Nashville uh, helps me to see that our work is nowhere near finished. We are only just beginning. Hey Thriver, I'm excited for you to get your hands on your copy of The Blueprint to More Visibility and Influence. This is a powerful free resource that's designed to catapult your influence and amplify your impact in your business or company. Now, this isn't just another online guide. This is your strategic companion that's going to walk you through the world of personal branding and authentic leadership. Inside, you'll unlock essential strategies that are going to help you do a few things. One, sharpen your self-awareness and own your unique story, navigate the complexities of workplace dynamics with more confidence, elevate your presence in any room and ensure that you are not only seen, but also heard and valued. Why wait for opportunities when you can create them? With this blueprint, you'll learn how to cultivate a personal brand that commands respect and opens the door for new opportunities. And the best part, you'll start seeing the world differently, not just as a place where you fit in, but one where you stand out. You'll transform your self-doubt into more self-assurance and turn your aspirations into to tangible achievements. So join me in our community of thrivers who are making their mark. Don't let this moment pass you by. Head on over to letsthrivetogether.com to download your free copy of The Blueprint to More Visibility and Influence today. Start your journey and let's thrive together. You're, you're in the right place to expand and create those new beginnings. I was sitting here listening to you and thinking about a few months ago, I wrapped up a one-year contract focusing in as a um, fractional chief equity and inclusion officer at our National Entrepreneur Center. And it was a wonderful year of learning, mm -hmm. but partnering with them on their Twin Day program, which I know you're familiar with yes. for founders of color across the state of Tennessee. And one of the things, one of the reasons why I said yes to that invitation to join them as a fractional chief equity and inclusion officer was about the internal organization, but also about this opportunity to help black and brown founders think about B2B opportunities. Like I think so often we don't think about the fact that corporations and governments buy everything, everything, everything. Even yes. when I was a marketer at, at my prior employer, like I used to be just blown away by like, wow, there's so much of this that we don't necessarily do ourselves. We get the work That's done right. through other people. And so there's so many opportunities 
It doesn't matter what you sell or offer That's for right. you to do biz- business with big business. And so we made it our mission while I was at the EC to transform our twin day program to help founders of color know the language to understand yes. it's a completely different sale. The, oh, you mentioned the cycle, sides. completely different from B2C, but it can transform your business. So I love hearing yes. that y'all are doing that. We are. And we're going to have on-site coaching. But one of the things I'm really excited about last year was a pivotal moment in regards to mental wellness. Yes. We were going to, we had a panel that was supposed to be only 30 minutes and it went an hour and a half Mm. because just one testimonial after another of things that people had experienced during the pandemic, what was happening within their business. And that really spoke to me. And so This year, I'm going to make sure we have coaches and therapists on site to help individuals that may be experiencing grief Mm -hmm. um, or loss of a business, loss of a loved one. Whatever it is, we want to make sure you get the help that you need. So, yes, we do all the coaching and all the small business stuff. But what we understand is that there is no business without you. Yes. None. Yes. So we're excited that we're going to be doing that this year. That's transformational. It reminds me of a coach of mine, Liz J. Simpson. Are you, do you know, have I talked with you about Liz? Yeah. She's incredible. I was a part of uh, her 12% accelerator program. And through that program, she connected us with better help. And it was one of the value adds in the program. And she's like, I believe every entrepreneur, regardless needs a therapist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is so true. <laughs> so true. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Every entrepreneur. So as we wrap up here, our audience is diverse. We yes. have corporate executives. But we also have entrepreneurs. I want to tap into a little bit of your expertise for just a second as it relates to supplier diversity, because I think for a lot of corporations, it is embedded mm-hmm. within their DEI strategy, but it's usually not at the forefront. Yeah. So what are some things that corporate leaders can do to be more intentional around how they can better position their supplier diversity to really help businesses thrive, women-owned businesses and businesses, owners of color? I could hug you right now. I'm so glad you asked that question because one of the biggest things is to educate supply chain Mm -hmm. to the ROI of supplier inclusion. Yes. Okay. Because a lot of times supply chain will see the opportunity first for years out, but there, there is no communication with supplier diversity. Mm -hmm. And because that communication gap exists, there is a challenge sourcing the right businesses to meet their organizational goals Mm -hmm. enterprise wide. And so the first thing that we have to do is identify how are we going to evangelize this internally? Yes. Understand the financial impact that supplier inclusion will do for our bottom line. And then understand it's not just about giving contracts. Let's go back and look at our master contracts that we already mm-hmm. have in place. Mm-hmm. Suppliers that we have worked with and those that we've given those MSAs to that we haven't pulled down on. How can we then grow and scale those businesses first and educate them on the way of or your way, your organization's way of doing business? Yeah. You have to mentor these companies. Mentorship with opportunity because it has to be a win-win on both sides. Correct. So, yes, they're coming. 
They're getting the education. They're learning how to do business with you. But yes, you need to carve out some business for them because they're giving up time and space that they could be out doing business development to be a part of your program. And you want to be able to talk about how successful your program is, then Put your money where your mouth is. Listen, that is it right there. I I had to really have an honest conversation with myself because I probably could have. I was asked to stay and I I really had to do some soul searching Mm -hmm. to say we've 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 met the one year agreement and I've got to step away from this. But like I am really passionate about that topic because what we see so often in the supplier diversity space is another workshop, Mm -hmm. another mentor. Mm -hmm. And we've been mentored. Enough. We're over mentored yes. and under sponsored. So That's it's like, right. listen, I'm grateful for the mentorship, but I really need a sponsor inside of your corporation, That's a chief right. marketing officer, a sales director, a regional manager that can connect me to that expenses line item on their P&L to Absolutely. actually do business with me. And I will add this. If you believe in a company enough to put them in your mentorship program, Even if you carve out work for six months Mm -hmm. to see how they fit within your supply chain, are they going to be a good supplier for you? Are they going to add value? Because when you look at the numbers, diverse suppliers perform better when you give them an op. The fail rate is less than 2%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that comes from PWC. There you go. All right. There you go. So so when you talk about supplier diversity, excuse me, supplier inclusion, you do have to think about how does it affect our bottom line? Why are we doing it? Because one of the things I love to do is equip those who are going out to create the budgets around it to be able to really talk about why this is so important. Mm-hmm. Because people do confuse DEI yes. with supplier diversity because we don't talk about it enough and people don't know and they don't understand a lot of times how small businesses fit into their supply chain. Mm -hmm. I have talked to folks and they say, I didn't even know we could do that. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah, You're probably already doing it. It's just not um, in a system, Mm -hmm. right? It just hasn't been um, put together. So anything that you can do, to increase numbers within a marginalized community to have an economic impact. I'm, I am all for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, well, we're definitely aligned there and certainly entrepreneurship is a pathway to oh, economic inclusion Absolutely. for sure. I think it's one of the leading ones, maybe second um, on the list are the corporate millionaires. And yes. I say it in that way because there's so many of us that think entrepreneurship is the only way. No, 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 oh, ma'am, no. no, sir. There are multimillionaires yes. that have a nine to five. That's exactly right. So yes. there are more, there's, sorry, I have a Jay-Z lyric in my head. There's a million <laughs> ways to get it. Choose one. But if you choose to go the entrepreneurship path, like yes. I think it's really important that you are connecting with organizations. And and the last thing that I'll say on this topic, again, like I could, we could, we could Mm -hmm, go on this topic for mm -hmm. a long time, but I think the education opportunity is massive. And I saw this at the EC because, you know, headlines are hitting about DEI. People are Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, you know, organizations are cutting back. I'm like, no, no, no. That's their like internal strategy. But there's this entirely different like 
division of the organization. That's right. You know, there's this philanthropic arm, but then there's this procurement arm That's and right. they have very real supplier diversity metrics. And on the government side, those things are requirements. So for the business owner that's looking to grow and scale, it's incumbent upon us as well to be educated about those opportunities to grow through. Absolutely. And we have to look B2B. at how this falls into environmental social governance mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. That is a place for uh, supplier diversity. So there are so many options. I think we just started at the beginning, right? Decide what does this mean to your organization? What is the plan for it? Mm -hmm. Where are the opportunities? Educate internally first. Yes. Before you announce that Mm -hmm. you have a program. Sure, Sure. And then really look at how you're going to, instead of always thinking of how these suppliers are going to be a value add to you, how are you going to be a value add to them? Yes, 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 yes. Wow. What a wealth of information. <laughs> and I believe a call to action, a call to action for women, men who are thinking about, yes. you know, taking that leap into full-time entrepreneurship and a call to action for senior level leaders who have the positional power to make decisions around Absolutely. who they're doing them. business with, yes, to do business with diverse suppliers. I think it's important. One of the things we, our goal at MogulCon is to bridge the gap between mm-hmm. the two. We want our corporate executives, influencers, sponsors to come so that we can introduce them yes. to suppliers who are corporate ready, mm-hmm. who understand what it means to fulfill a scope of work, who, can, who have the ability to scale. Um, our initiative going into this fall mm-hmm. is to help us, instead of creating a lot of startups Mm -hmm. to help us buy existing businesses, legacy businesses Mm -hmm. where, and in my seat, I see a lot of us who have been in business 40 years plus and our children do not want the business. That is is an excellent opportunity for someone coming from corporate, looking to get into entrepreneurship, buy a business. And I'm going to talk more about that at MogulCon and I'm going to give you a pathway to do it. That is powerful. We talk about exit strategies, but we don't talk about those merges and acquisitions as corporate professionals. And I get excited about that. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to attend MogulCon, to serve your mission, and to be a great partner in the work that you continue to do. I look forward to that. Before we wrap up, have to ask you, what does thriving mean to you? Thriving means that I am living my life to the fullest in every area. Not just my business, but in my personal life. Mm-hmm. One is one reason is because my family sacrifices so much for me to do the work. Yeah. And I'm thriving if they're happy mm-hmm. because I give so little of myself because I'm so dedicated. It's not just a mission. It is an assignment yes. for me. I'm not just passionate about it. This is my life's work. And because they are so willing to allow me to do it, um, thriving is seeing them happy when they when I look in their eyes and they're looking back at me, they're smiling, they're happy. They're saying, go, mom, go, 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 babe, do it. You're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Thriving is spiritually when I am meditating and I can just be in the moment and nothing is invading my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But I am one with God and he is one with me. And I am getting that download of my next move, which is very important for Mm me. Uh, Thriving is being self-aware. So I have this thing that I do where I get in the mirror at night and I say, girlfriend, did you do what you were supposed to do today? I love that. 
How did you show up? Can you sleep good tonight? Did you make the right decisions? Mm -hmm. Are you at peace? Because success in my 20s looks super different in my 50s, Mm -hmm. right? So you and you're have- who? <laughs> hey, you know, Listen, you know what it is. I know what it is. You know, I almost said it. I'm gonna say it black. Don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> but that thriving, you know, it's an inner feeling. Yeah. It's not about yeah. trinkets of success. Absolutely. It's that peace that you have on the inside that when you walk in a room, your aura. Your presence can fill the room before you utter a word, before people even know your name. That is thriving. You said it best, and I could not agree more. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank Dr. You. Phillips, for Thank joining for us on the show. Me. Of course. Yes. And that's a wrap, Thriver. As we close today's episode, remember, this is more than a conversation. This is your call to action. We've shared stories, uncovered truths, and sparked the flame of transformative leadership. Authentic leadership is indeed a journey, and I'm so grateful that we're on it together. So what we've heard today is a catalyst, and now it's time to turn these insights into action. So I challenge you, take one step forward today from what you heard in this episode to not only navigate the landscape of your career, but to thrive through and beyond it. Ask yourself, how will I lead differently? How will I impact my organization? And connect with us at letsthrivetogether.com to follow along on social media and continue the conversation. Until the next time, keep leading and keep thriving. Thriving.